Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Every week, you'll hear powerful messages from world-renowned pastors that air on Miracle Channel, Canada's 24-7 Christian TV station. And if you want to watch more of their messages anytime you want, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Paul DeYoung. Paul DeYoung founded and serves as senior pastor to Life Church, a multi-campus church in Auckland, New Zealand and Melbourne, Australia. Paul is an author of several books and hosts a television program, Life TV. Paul DeYoung founded and serves as senior pastor to Life Church, a multi-campus church in Auckland, New Zealand and Melbourne, Australia. Paul is also an author of several books and hosts a television program, Life TV. And now, Paul DeYoung will teach on how to love and accept yourself. He will explain how rejection can take hold of your heart, but a connection to God can wipe the pain of rejection clean. Let's dive into the message. Well, a special welcome to today's program. And I'm particularly excited because we're starting a brand new series which I've entitled Loving Yourself. I think self-worth, acceptance of who we are is such a foundation to creating relational richness. In fact, if you know anything about God, you'll know that God has designed everything to reach its potential within the sphere of strong relationships. I've been a pastor for so many years and I've discovered that all of us have such a need to find intimacy We're looking for that acceptance. We're looking for a state of relational wholeness. But to find that, you've got to find yourself. In fact, so often we live kind of incomplete. And that incompleteness in discovering who we are in God causes us to live a life of independence. But relationships are the key because they help us define who we are and a lot of the time who we will become. And it's those relationships with other people that actually begin in our relationship with God and our relationship with ourselves, believe it or not. There's a couple that called Donald Clifton and Paula Nielsen, and they're authors on relationship. And they say this, that most of us can trace our success to pivotal relationships. It's an interesting thing in the book of Mark chapter 12, In verse 28, there was a religious leader that came to Jesus and he said to Jesus, can you tell me which is the first and the greatest commandment of all? Jesus responded and said to him, the first of all commandments is this, that you need to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind and all of your strength. This is the first and great commandment. You know, Jesus was saying to him, you can have all the religious beliefs, but your desires, your passions, your affections, your endeavors, your purposes need to be all about God. Don't just believe in God, but make Him the center of everything. But then Jesus didn't just stop there. In verse 31 of the same chapter, He said, you know, the second great commandment is that you need to love your neighbor as you love yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. Love God, love others, love yourself. 
I think this challenge of loving yourself is such a challenge because so often we struggle with self-esteem and self-worth. It was Joyce Meyer who said, you can't give away something that you don't have in you. My journey is one of being brought up in the church. In fact, I'm one of eight children and we were in a very busy home. My parents were in business and always committed to church, committed to business, committed to such a busy life and did a great job. But somewhere in all of that, you know, I struggled with finding me. I just didn't have that sense of strong self-worth. And in the series, we're gonna look at some of the things that stand in the way of us being able to love ourselves. I think one of those things, whether we see it, understand it, or acknowledge it, is that often we can even be in a positive world, but feel inner rejection. There's someone who can relate to experiencing rejection, and that's Manua. Let's have a look at her story. I was born and raised in Rotorua. I look back at it now with such a privilege to have aunties and uncles and cousins um, and my grandparents as, as part of my everyday life. And one of the things about growing up the way that we did is a lot of the things that had happened to my grandparents and my parents and the way that they were brought up was then reflected onto us as children. The Māori people weren't really celebrated for who they were but, but shut down and, and made to be almost ashamed of their culture that stuff started to transfer and those behaviours started to transfer onto us as children. We were always expected to be quiet and to do as you were told and to, to not speak up and to not necessarily have an opinion about things. And if you did, um, it was never really valued or, or listened to even in some instances. And so growing up in that environment definitely does something to who you are and the value that you have on what you have to say. There were also a few instances in, in my younger years, probably from the age of around maybe six or seven through to about 13, or 12 or 13, where a few different um, males that were in, in our world that violated my trust, I guess. What that did to me really shut me down as a person and made me really shy. And then, you know, I'm, I moved away from Rotorua. I moved down to Palmerston North and, and studied for a few years and got into drinking a whole lot more and really got into smoking a whole lot of weed. And I, I would say I was verging on a bit of an addiction there for a couple of years. And it was when I was, I was 21, actually, I'd just turned 21 and I started reading this book that was a compilation of, of stories from a whole lot of people with stature from Rotorua, where I grew up. And all throughout this book, I was reading little tidbits from different people I looked up to or people who my grandfather had spent time with, and they all talked about God. And I remember reading that, and it just did something to me where it made me curious. And I just started to read. Um, the Bible, I remember thinking, man, this is a load of rubbish. I don't know how people can, can believe this stuff, but continue to read it. About a week later, I, I had a trip. Uh, it was school holidays, and so I was driving back to Rotorua for a couple of weeks. Um, and I stopped off at this lookout just kind of north of Fielding. Just there, just prayed the salvation prayer. And it was kind of like, 
Oh yeah, cool. Nothing spectacular happened and I just got back in the car and drove. One thing that happened that was really strong for me was that my addiction and my need to always get high had gone just like that, which was pretty powerful. That was really the start of a real journey of transformation for me from, from the inside out. What I love is that, you know, it's been a journey for my family as well to watch the decisions that I've made. And as you can imagine, a family that had always been really cynical and criti criticised Christianity to, to see me make that decision and, and live that out and stick it out has been a real journey for them as well. And it's come with its fair share of, of cheekiness and, and put downs and stuff like that. But I, I know now that that, you know, that doesn't come anymore. I work as a community facilitator and work within communities and spend hours upon hours just meeting with people and talking to people and, and meeting new people and connecting them together and finding ways to help them. And I get the opportunity to go up and, you know, just do life alongside them and, and, and look at what we can do to help, it, help each other and connect together. And, and it, it's amazing. It is amazing to think back and think there was a time when I wouldn't have even been able to open my mouth and say hello. Some days you feel like you're conquering the world and some days you just want to hide under a blanket. But that's okay as well. You just don't dwell there and keep moving on. Yeah. Isn't it incredible the impact that negative words can have on our lives? You know, as a result, it's taken a large part of Manawa's journey to discover who she really is. And I find it quite amazing that God was saying to the religious leader, you need all three ingredients. You need God, you need a healthy, again, self-accepted you and others in the mix to build the kind of life that God has for us. And the enemy is always seeking to break that sense of togetherness through disconnection so that we end up living independent. And rejection is one of those barriers to loving yourself, accepting and finding that sense of self-worth. Rejection seeks to penetrate who we are right from the womb to the tomb. Marie has often said when she was 10 and she lost her dad suddenly, and in the same year, two other key people in her world died. She had nothing to do with it, but at that point felt rejected. And rejection comes in every form because it wants to cause us to struggle with this wonderful truth of loving and accepting ourselves. John Powell, he said, human beings, in fact, we're all like plants. We grow in the soil of acceptance, but we can't grow in an atmosphere of rejection. And maybe it'd be good today just to stop and think, has rejection got its way into my life? Have things happened where I felt vulnerable, particularly when we're young, where our lives are being shaped. It can be our parents or our lack of parents. Peers, partners, even pressure can have such a great authority to cause rejection to come in. There was a lady that comes to our church and we were sharing some time ago and she was saying when she was a little girl, she was just the apple of her dad's eye. In fact, wherever dad went, she went, always on his knee and she just felt so complete. But over a process of events, her mum and dad split up and then dad eventually married again. Now she's married with children. But dad, when he married again, seemed to kind of be distant. And she said how that even impacted her life 
because the little girl that was the treasure of dad's eye didn't seem to be the treasure anymore. And how rejection at that point began to enter in. You know, it happens to all of us, even Thomas in the Bible, one of the disciples. When Jesus died and things happened that he didn't expect, rejection took hold of his heart. So much so that he said, you know, I'm not even sure if I'm gonna keep going with God. I'm not sure if this is all true. And unless I put my finger into the scars of his hands, I'm not gonna believe. It's an amazing thing that when things happen that we don't understand, the enemy can bring rejection into our heart. One of the great ladies in my life is my great auntie. And she's just such a gem. She's always walked with God. And recently she came over for my mum's 80th birthday and she was looking trendy and hip. She's in her 70s and she had jeans on. I said, Auntie, you look amazing. And she just stopped and, and just the way she looked at me, it was like, really? I said, yeah, you look awesome. And I said, why? She said, well, actually I haven't worn denim since I was 35. I said, well, why not? She said, because the last time I wore it, somebody said, you don't look good in denim. Can you imagine 35 years not doing something that so easily we all can do just because somebody said something and rejection entered in? The thing about rejection is that it seeks to sabotage all of our futures. Again, another great quote from Ken Crockett says this, that rejection isn't what happens to us, but it's how we interpret the things that happen to us. And when rejection comes in, it's deep-seated and it holds us and it stops us from being who we are and it reinforces that lack of self-worth, reinforces the fact that, you know, we shouldn't and can't accept who we are today. But I wanna encourage you, look past the things that have happened and begin to believe. You see, to be rejected and to feel rejected are two different things. God never rejects us. He's always wanting us to realize how valuable we really are. Rejection, unfortunately, is the reality of life. But I have to choose, and I wanna encourage you today, to choose not to allow rejection to be the thing that controls you. This next life story is truly one of transformation. Have a listen to this. I grew up in a Christian family. My parents were always, always there for me. Uh, we went to church, did life together with my family. It was an amazing time growing up. When I was 12 years old, my father did pass away. Uh, and that was really traumatic for me. I got into a high school relationship. Uh, and I dated him for about four years. I found that I got a real sense of security in that relationship. However, at that point, uh, I wasn't aware of that. Um, it wasn't actually until I was 21 that I actually realized how much security I got in being in a relationship. It was this feeling of Every person, every significant male that comes into my life is gonna love me and leave me. And it was real to me. I just felt a sense of, does anyone even care or does anyone even know me? It wasn't until my second relationship 
uh, where I got engaged and it broke apart. And I came to the point of, oh God, like, I'm, I'm so broken, I'm so hurt that I, I, I don't know almost what I, who I am as a person. I didn't want to venture down that track of getting into another relationship and being hurt again. I wanted to really truly find out who I was and who God was to me. And so in, in that desperation, God answered my prayer. <laughs> uh, 12 months later, I had a dream of going to Bethel, which is a school in Redding, California. And I knew that that's where I wanted to go. And literally I only had a month to pack up my staff, uh, to get my visa, to get the finances, which I hadn't even, like I had up until halfway through the trip. It was like a catalytic experience. And I got a word from a friend when I was, when I was at Bethel and she said, I see you like right before the butterfly is about to burst. You're in this, this um, place of feeling so alone and so uh, isolated and, and so on. And I'm like, oh, that's what, exactly what I feel like. And I started to become more free with my friendships, with fathers, with even my family, even sharing my story. And through that, I actually experienced more love than what I had ever experienced before because people started to see my heart. To me, freedom looks like being vulnerable. Being vulnerable with those that you're closest with, sharing things rather than locking them away and not being heard. I believe that we all have a voice and we all have something to say and we all have a story to share. And as I started to share that with people, I realized how loved I really was. And it demonstrated to me how the more vulnerable you are, the more people see your heart and the more of the Father's love can, can actually come and transform you. What an amazing journey Jess has been on. I love her tenacity and how she has grabbed a hold of truth. You see, there are so many barriers to self-acceptance and self-worth, and I think a big one is this rejection thing. Everything that God has created operates in the sphere of relationship. So the enemy doesn't want us to have the freedom to love ourselves, build great relationships. And of course, as we've read in the Bible today, We've got to love God with everything and we've got to love others. But if we don't love ourselves, we will never be complete. So we've got to live open to dealing with rejection. Rejection, as we've seen, seeks to sabotage our future. It also stops us from living our God potential. And you know, today, whether you feel close to God or you don't, God sees you filled with His potential. And the answer to that is dealing with rejection. There's a great speaker in the US called Beth Moore, and she said this, we're going to have to let truth scream louder to our souls than all of the lies that have infected us. The lie of rejection wants to cut us down. It wants to stop us stepping out. But when we know that God loves us, it releases us to love ourselves then 
we can begin to love others and build strong relationships. There's a great psalm, it's Psalm 139, and this psalm speaks to us powerfully. Listen to it. The psalmist said, God, you made all the delicate inward parts of my body. And God, it was you who knit me in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Just stop there for a moment. Not only does God see us as amazing, we've got to see ourselves as amazing. You watched me when I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, God, you saw me before I was even born. Every day of my life is recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. You know, there are no mistakes. You're not an accident. There are no unwanted and there are none of us without purpose. God wanted us, God called us, God formed us and God knows us. We've seen as a young girl, Manawa, who was so frequently shut down by negative words, she thankfully rediscovered her value and then her voice, even though it was a journey to get there. And from relationship to relationship, Jess tried doing it her way. But it wasn't until she found her place in God, her joy returned and she began to realize who she was. Today, I wanna encourage you, whatever you've gone through, what depth of rejection you feel, God is your answer. Because rejection will lose its grip when we understand that we are loved. In fact, rejection takes on a whole new perspective once we acknowledge that God accepts us the way we are. And it's then that we can begin to accept ourselves. I wanna encourage you today, stop for a moment and decide to love God, love yourself, and then discover how you can love other people. Let God into the areas of your heart and life that you feel that you are out of control and are rejected by and allow Him to cause what the enemy meant for evil to become incredibly good. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more great messages from inspiring teachers like Paul DeYoung. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. So subscribe, rate, review, and share. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.